Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Isn't it good just to be able to want to come to church? Now, why would this new Christian, this Jewish guy who got saved, say to me, can't miss a weekend? I can't, can't be away? Why? Because I love going to church. Now, that's infectious. See, now, when he shares with somebody, you got family problems, you got a problem in your home, you got whatever, let me tell you, come to this place, listen to God. It's not about Calvary Chapel, God help us. It's about the Word of God. You come and find out about God, and He's real. He'll change your life. Pastor Mark will continue to urge us to be faithful workers for God. Each of us is called to work, whether it's working in the corporate world, working with our hands, or a stay-at-home mother. As we will see in today's message, all of our work, no matter what it is, is spiritual. God gave us a picture of what hard work looks like in Proverbs 30. He used the tiny ant to show us how to prepare for the future, life beyond the grave. Pastor Mark will take it one step further and challenge us to be sure our own colony, our family, our friends, and our co-workers are ready for life beyond the grave. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25, with part one of our message entitled, Live, Work for Today and the Future. Let us hear your lessons for living. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25. I want to make a statement to you, and I want you to listen to it. Between this day tonight and the last day you live on earth, you will give your life to someone. Will it be to yourself or to God? Just last weekend, we went over to a food show here. Well, we were in line, and there was all this kind of food there and neat stuff, and we were walking through and came across one guy, and we had little tags on that said, you know, Calvary Chapel. And, of course, it was mostly restaurants and Dijon's and all these places, and they're wondering, what is Calvary Chapel doing here? And uh, one of the salesmen introduced us to one of the people that had a business there and a paper product business or whatever from South Florida. And he didn't see our name, but he just introduced me to some guys from the church that are getting ready to open a cafe. And he said, uh, well, what church are you from? And we said, well, we're from Calvary Chapel up here in Melbourne. He says, you're kidding me. And we, you know, okay, what, what is this all about? And he says, I got to tell you. And he just, he was beaming. He, he just pulled us aside and he said this, a few months ago, My wife took me to Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. He said, now you have to understand, I'm Jewish. (laughs) But I got wonderfully saved, 
And God has totally changed our lives in the last four months. And I can't, I'll never be away on a weekend. I got to get home because I got to get to church. And he was just beaming and just, and then he said, I got to tell you, and he wouldn't tell the other two guys because he would only tell me as a pastor. He says, I got to tell you a miracle. And I can't tell you tonight because it's pretty private. But he says, come back here. So I came back and he told me a miracle that happened between him and his wife. And when something happens, I'll let you know. It's unbelievable. And the next time I saw him, when I went around again, he's on the phone. He says, come here, I'm talking to my wife. I had to call her and tell her who I met over here. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, how did that happen? How was that man's life totally changed? One way, because somebody had been sharing the gospel with that guy. Somebody had been planting seeds. People are looking for answers to life. And this guy... It didn't matter what, the re- what happened the rest of the food show. We were all pumped up the rest of the day. Because it really is about spiritual food, isn't it? And you're going to see that tonight. Now, last week we talked about that we were created with the need to work. And again, if you weren't here, you just need to get it. All work is spiritual. There's no such thing as secular and spiritual part of our lives. We're to live 24-7, 365 for God. Every area of our life, whether it's home or school or work or church or play, is to be lived for God. Now look at Solomon, what he says. Last week we talked in depth about the ant and God's wisdom. Well, look at Proverbs 30, verse 25. Ants are creatures of little strength. Must not have had fire ants in those days. (laughs) Yet they store up their food in the summer. So Solomon's looking at this, and God is giving him some illustrations. And remember, the whole book of Solomon is how to do life right, wisdom. So he says, Solomon, look at the ant. They're really small. They're really hard workers, but they do one thing very well. They store up their food in the summer because of the hard times in the winter. So what this tells us is this. We need to be ready for the future. Each ant works hard to prepare for his future and for the future of the ant colony. So he's taking care of himself, but he's also taking care of the ant colony. Now, we learned last week that nobody has to motivate the ant. They don't have a boss. They know what they're to do, and they work while they can. I think that's gives us a couple great illustrations spiritually for us tonight in our own lives. Number one, we need to make sure we are ready for future, the future, life beyond the grave. Every person that was ever created will live somewhere forever. Some of you have been taught that you will go round and round and keep coming back until you get it right. You could keep coming back, but you'll never get it right. But that's not the real key. The real key is the Bible says you're appointed once to live and once to die. So I have to start preparing myself for the future, life beyond the grave. Unbelievable illustration in our paper last week. A man suffering from apparent fatal heart attack while driving his Ford Explorer, which was pulling a U-Haul trailer forward out of his driveway Wednesday morning, died. Ronald D. Bentley, 65, of Titusville, 
Neighbor said it just retired three days earlier from the United Space Alliance, and he and the family were planning to move out of state that day. Who's got the stuff in the U-Haul? Robert doesn't. Does Robert even care what's in the U-Haul now? No. Who's getting the retirement now? Does Robert care? No. You see, there's a, a future, and, and people say, oh, that, that, that couldn't happen to me. Really? Oh, yes, it could. Could happen to any of us. By the way, it will happen to us. I don't know exactly how. It may not be with you all, but we will die. So we have to be thinking about our future. Some people, and I don't know personally about this man, but most people today make wonderful plans for their future in every area of their life, except the spiritual. They've got their 401k out. They've got the financial planner together. They've got it all set. They've got a home here and they've got a home there. They've got it ready. They've had their last checkup and they're ready to go. And boom, he can't even get out of the driveway. And he dies. So we have to make sure that, notice, we're ready for the future. And the, the one thing you have to be ready for is to make sure absolutely tonight that if that was you driving out of that driveway, do you know you'd absolutely go to heaven? There's a way to know. We'll talk to you about that later. Second, we have to make sure not of our only of ourselves, but our ant colony. Our ant colony means our world, our family, our friends, our co-workers. We have to make sure that they're ready for their future because they also are going to die. Now, Jesus' mission when he was here on earth is found, and I put it on the over it for you, it's one simple verse. He came to seek and save that which he was lost. Jesus' main work was to lead people to a saving relationship with God. Luke 19.10 just says that. Now, let me make something clear to you. People get mixed up when they, and they say this, well, when I'm ready, I'm going to come to God. You're wrong. You see, in the book of Romans, chapter 1 tells us, chapter 4 tells us, that no one seeks God. In fact, man wants to go as far away as he can from God. So if you're here tonight, and somebody's invited you here tonight, and you've begun recently thinking about God, and when I said to you, your future, you began thinking, well, I don't know if I'm really a Christian or not. Maybe I need to be thinking about these things. That wasn't you. That was God. See, the scripture says, only God can draw you to himself. The Bible says, remember he said to his disciples, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So, you're here tonight, the time that you need to be thinking about your future is when God deals with your heart. Now, I don't know whether he's dealing with your heart, only you know that. But you can't say, well, Pastor Mark, give me a few more months and whatever, when I'm ready, I'm coming to God. No, you're not. When he's ready, you want to listen. Now, if you reject him, every time he comes to you in the future, it gets harder. Now, we have a responsibility then. Here's point number one. I have about seven points for you tonight, so we'll just go through them fairly quickly. Number one, we are to continue the work of Jesus. Let's turn down our Bibles to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, most of you know it by heart, but it's good for us to review it. It's a great commission. It has never changed. It's given to the disciples. It's given to us. If we were ants tonight, it would be given to us concerning our ant colony. We need to be preparing for our own future and for the future 
of the ants, our ants, our co-workers, our friends. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Circle the word go if you have never circled it. Go. You see, too many of us say, Well, Pastor Mark, this is the way most people are going to get saved. They're going to come to church. They're only going to come to church if you and I first what? Go and invite them. See, they don't walk in the door. We have to go and, finishing the verse, make disciples of all nations. We're here tonight doing that. We have a team in Managua doing that. We have a team getting ready to go in September to Russia, Ukraine, doing that. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. We did that last week at the beach. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. We're doing that right now. And surely I'm with you, and he is right now tonight, to the end of this very age. So there's two steps you notice to become a Christian. First of all, you have that conversion step. True conversion. You'll be shocked tonight when we get through this parable that we're going to go, that Jesus is going to show us it relates to this verse about the ants and Proverbs. So you have to be a real Christian. But second, there's another step. It's becoming a disciple. You see it. That's the step of growing, maturing, being like Christ. Now, every Christian is to be involved in both of those processes. You are to be going and telling people the gospel. And secondly, you're to be involved in other new baby, new, new baby Christians' lives. In the last three weekends, we've had close to 90 people except the Lord. Now, who's going to be in those people's lives? Well, you have to be. They're brand new babies. We were at some friend's house last night and had dinner and they had this cute little baby dog. Oh, you know, you just want to hold him and play with him. Well, because they need care. Well, all of these people that walked out this door need care. The enemy's after them. So we have to make sure if you're the one that brought them here, you make sure you're involved in teaching them, taking them along the word of God, get them into our Christian basics class. You have to do that. You should be inviting them and bringing them to church. Oh, Pastor, am I going to bring them to church? I mean, i got to drive out of the way to do it. So, well, I don't have enough money for gas. It just went down 20 cents. you got enough money now. <laughs> See, we have to be investing in these people. They're not going to always drive themselves. They're going to try to make excuses. And we, you can't force them, but we need to encourage them. We need to get involved in their lives. Now, turn to Ephesians 2.10. Toward the back of the Bible. Part of our responsibility, and we have to be careful when we go through verses like this tonight. Most of the thing that you and I want to talk about in our lives is this. We want to talk about what God has done for us, not really what we do for him. But there is a balance to that. Most of the things that we want to share in our lives is all the great things God has done for us. But tonight, there are some things that God's asked us to do for him. In Ephesians 2.10, here's our second point. Not only are we to continue the work of Jesus, but God has gifted and empowered us to accomplish His slash our work. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do Good, that's the next word, 
works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we're here to help expand the kingdom of God while I'm living. And the first step of that expansion is always the gospel. While God's maturing me and growing me, and you know that step of sanctification never stops. We're always in that process of becoming more like him. All of our lives. I've been a Christian over 50 years. I'm still letting God work on me. There's some parts that are still really rough, and he's working on me. Don't look at me that way. I know you too. All right. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. It means that God is our, and by the way, God's plan for us is good. You know that, Jeremiah. So he's got good works involved for all of us. Now, he's gifted us, and he's empowered us to do them. Where God guides, he provides. So you can't go like, you know, in the Old Testament, well, I don't have the talent. No, you do have the talent, and you do have the ability, and you do have the empowering of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, turn to the book of Matthew. Jesus loved to share in parables. When I first started teaching many, many years ago, I've been teaching over 30-some years, but really as a pastor, full-time pastor, only about nine. And someone early on said to me this, don't ever touch a parable until you've been preaching 50 years, because they're very complicated, and yet they're very simple. So you have to be careful that you don't read too much into a parable. But we want to try to attack this parable tonight, Matthew 25. And starting in verse 14, there's three great parables here. We're only going to take the middle one tonight. Matthew 25, verse 14. Now, before we attack this, let me remind you of one thing, and I want everybody's attention. You know, sometimes we say we need to immerse ourselves in the text. So we say kind of take your shoes off now. And... You become one of these three main characters in this parable. So at the end of the parable tonight, what I want to ask you is which one are you? Which person are you like? You see, we're here tonight not for a Bible study that only goes to here. The main focus of the church is found in Ephesians chapter 4. The main focus of the church is really not to go and share the gospel. The main focus of the church is for pastor teachers and other gifted leaders in Ephesians chapter 4 to teach God's word so that you become the ministers and you go and do the work of the ministry. Now, healthy sheep automatically, you know, reproduce. So as you get this parable tonight, as I get this parable tonight, because in the workforce, I have to be just like you. I was out today in a shop and got to share the gospel. I I prayed the Jabez prayer, you know, the one that's on television and everything else. Get the tape if you haven't got it. Jabez prayer in Proverbs. Great tape. Give you the balance that's needed. I prayed that and God opened the door and I got to share today. Well, see, that's my role. My role tonight is different. It's to show you how to do life from God's word, so that you can then, you have much greater impact than one person does. So let's take a look at it, Matthew 25. We're going to go fairly fast. Verse 14. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. So this man would be Jesus going back to heaven, and he's going to come back again, but he's leaving for a period of time. So that would be like when Jesus left the earth, 
and he went back to heaven. You know, with all of our studies and revelations and so forth, he's coming back, rapture, and then he's actually going to come back to the earth's second coming. The servants, and you want to put by this the servants, are Christians, but you want to put Christians in quotes. At least they look like they're Christians from the start. Now, let me give you some keys as we go through. Notice here, he calls the servants and he entrusts whose property to them? Whose property? So it's not your property, my property, too's. It's God's. So here's something you want to write down. We own nothing but our managers of everything. So what you have tonight, you don't own. It's a gift. What I have tonight, I don't own. It's given to me. But I'm a manager of every part of it. So everything, see, that's why we're all equal. And you know why I'm only up here, because I'm short. We're all equal. Verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, according, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. Now, talents, basically in those days, this, this Greek word means money was actually a weight, a weight of a precious uh, silver or gold. It can be expanded, you might want to write this down, to our life, to our time, our resources, our opportunity. But it does include the money. Now, this isn't a teaching on tithing or whatever, but everything that we have, including our money, has come from God. So my time, my resource, my ability, they're all gifts from God. So the next point you want to write down is this. Everyone has some abilities and opportunities. Everyone has some abilities and opportunities. Notice this, every servant had something. Every servant had abilities and opportunities. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. I have been gifted to work for God. Go ahead, remind him. Now, you didn't say that with much enthusiasm. Turn to the person on the other side and say it like you enjoy it. Do it. <laughs> how many of that is you? And how many is all? So you can't even say, oh, Pastor Mark, when God was giving him, he just went right on by me. No, he didn't. You have opportunities and you have abilities that God has given you, gifts, responsibilities that he's given to all of us. So now each person has different gifts. Each has different abilities. There's no need for jealousy. Notice the owner says he gave them this because he knew their abilities. So he's going to give you opportunities and responsibilities and things like that because he knows your ability to handle those things. Now some of you say, well, I always want to be the guy here who has the five. I don't want to be the guy that has the one. Well, you need to know another principle in the Bible. It says this, to who has more, more responsibility is required. Would you like to change it now? In other words, if God's given you more, you're held to a higher standard. Always. How do you feel about being compared to ants? Or looking at ants as an example of how we should work? It may seem rather funny to learn from creatures that can be very annoying, but the ants really do have a lot to teach us about working together and working for the future. Pastor Mark opened today's teaching with a reminder of how ants work hard to prepare for their future and the future of the ant colony. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4007, and the title of this message is Live, Work for Today and the Future. Again, today's message number is 4007, and the title of this message, Live, Work for Today and the Future. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue to look at this topic of work. As Christians, we own nothing and are managers of everything. That means that we will be held accountable for the way we use the talents that God has given us. How are you spending your time? What do you do with the abilities that God has given you? Are you using them for God to further His kingdom or for yourself? We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your